could make cry with that video. How many did we get, John? Yeah, not really, really no pool. Uh, and, uh, you know, such a momentous time in the lives of these graduates and their families marks a major milestone, and we want to celebrate that with you today. And uh, we did offer to allow the girls to say something today, but they unanimously voted this morning not to say anything, right? But we're excited for uh, what's going on with you guys, you ladies and your families. And... Uh, Really, we just want to celebrate today, and so I'm going to go in a little different direction. Your bulletin says that we'll be in, in Colossians, but uh, that's not where we'll be. I want, to, I want to really focus in on one verse today, John 16:33, but I am going to support it with a few verses from Proverbs 15. So if you're going to go somewhere in your Bible, go to Proverbs 15. As we think about celebration, and we think about the joy of life, man, what a huge thing to kiss high school goodbye. <laughs> a sense of accomplishment, I'm sure a sense of gratefulness for teachers and those who have guided you for the deep friendships that you make in those days. And uh, I know for these young ladies there's this great sense of expectancy and excitement about the days ahead. And um, I'm sure a little bit of fear mixed with that but also, man, it's a sense of freedom, isn't it? Ladies, amen? A sense of freedom from that. <laughs> and you've moved on, you've graduated up, or you're about to. And so we do want to say we're proud of you, and we're excited for you and with you about the days ahead. But I do need to warn you, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> but maybe not. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just different. Life is different when you leave high school. It's a different season, a different time of your life, and, and um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful thing. But I'll tell you, it does seem like there is a growing sense of despair in our country. Among a lot of people, there's a cynicism, and there is, if statistics can be believed, there is a great amount of hopelessness in the world today. And you would think that with all of the things and all of the technologies and all of the advents of new things and, and opportunities that it would be just the opposite. But there is a great hopelessness in the world today. And I'll tell you this, Christians are not immune from that. Pastors are not immune from falling prey to hopelessness. But it's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not God's plan for us. And so today I want to share this really, this one thing with you, it's about the Christian pursuit of happiness. The Christian pursuit of happiness. On the way up this morning, I heard a little song on the radio I've heard a, a hundred times, never paid attention to the, line, the lines of it, but here's what the lyric said. And it was basically as a prayer, asking the Lord, he said, that the singer said, to put an X on my faded map. To put an X on my faded map. In other words, maybe uh, we, we get lost. We lose our way. We forget where we are and we forget where we're supposed to be going. Would it surprise you if I said to you that the Lord wants Christians to pursue happiness? I really believe that. And I'm going to show you specifically from our key verse today. So I'm speaking to our graduates to pursue Christian happiness. But I'm speaking to all of us. This is a command, actually, from the Lord 
in John 16, and the key verse is verse 33. John 16, 33. Here it is in the King James. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, really in a pivotal moment of his life as he looks towards the cross. And he says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Let's read that one more time. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The first thing I want us to focus on today is this, that Jesus encourages the careful cultivation of a cheerful heart. Jesus here in this verse is telling his disciples, look, you would be prone to hopelessness right now with the cross coming, with my departure imminent, but don't be overcome with despair. Be of good cheer. Cultivate a heart that is cheerful. Be careful to do that. Man, circumstances in life can get us down. And we can lose sight of that on our maps. That Jesus wants us to be people of good cheer, of happiness, of, here's the more common Christian word, of joy. Jesus wants our joy. Carefully cultivate peace and cheerfulness in your heart. Proverbs 15, 13. If you found your way there, so we'll look at three or four verses from Proverbs to support these ideas. Proverbs 15, 13 says this, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. You know, this call for the pursuit of happiness and for cheerfulness isn't just about putting on a smile when we're in despair in our spirit and in our heart. Actually, in Proverbs, then, it roots a cheerful face, a happiness of life. It connects it with the heart. We need to get beyond the superficial. We need to go deep and understand that joyfulness, happiness, cheerfulness must first and foremost be a condition of the human heart. Y'all have seen that commercial. It's about, I think it's about medication for depression, but it shows these, these people that are depressed and they put a little mask in front of their face with a happy face, right? And I think a lot of times, speaking about Christian happiness and peace and joy, we think that's what we're to do, is to put on the mask. But that's not Jesus' call. That's not the call of the Bible. It's to pursue a deep, indwelling, steady, sturdy happiness. Christian joy, but it must be cultivated and pursued. It doesn't come automatically, even though Jesus says, it's in me, and I want to give it to you. He's telling his disciples, you've got to chase after this. You have to be careful to cultivate it in your life. A joyful heart is cultivated by prayer, by asking the Lord to search us. We see sin in our life. We see wrongheadedness. We repent of that. We go a different way. We ask the Lord for help. He gives us His Spirit to empower it, but we must pursue it. 
Pursue peace. Pursue happiness. And Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you. In other words, all of the teaching that Jesus has done for the disciples. And we have these things in the Bible. All of these things, these guidances, these commands, these lessons of life, Jesus gives. He said, I give them to you not to make your life miserable. I give them to you not to make your life difficult. I give them to you, why? That you may have peace and happiness and joy of the heart. And the reason I read the King James, I love it, be of good cheer. The Lord wants for us a happiness and peace and joy that is sturdy and indestructible. Be of good cheer. Hey, graduates, hold up that present you got. Where where y'all at? Hold up that present. Let me see it. Has anybody opened theirs yet? Open those up. Let's do it. Open them up. You don't have to stand up or anything. Open them up. Where's our other two? I see Chloe. I see Mackenzie. Where you at? Maggie, did you open yours up? What is it? It's a Bible. Where's where's our other graduate? Bethany, where you at? Did you open yours up? Okay, all right. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wait here. Hey, let's get the commercial online here while they uh, rip into those things. Come on. Okay, now now take them out of the box. Take them out of the box. All right. So take it out of the box. All right. Now turn to Proverbs 15. I'm not going to ask anybody to read or anything. Proverbs 15. Man, you know, you know what happens with a new Bible? The pages are all stuck together, right? You've got you to put a crease in the spine of that thing. You've got to flip and, you know, do, do this. Do like your kindergarten teacher. Here you go. So turn to Proverbs 15. So you have just experienced an exercise in what we want you to do with those things. Open them up, but, but no, don't just open them up. Now look down. Proverbs 15, what was the verse we looked at? 13. Proverbs 15, 13. Hey, someone hand these graduates a pen. Yeah, there you go. Good job, Brady. Hand them a pen or a pencil. You got one? All right. Underline that. Proverbs 15, 13. Put an underline. Put a, put a star. Some of y'all, this is disturbing you, right? They have just soiled their brand new Bible that's what you're supposed to do with those things. Open them and turn to them and read them and use them and let the Word of God dwell richly within you. I love that, Proverbs 15, 13. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. That's what we want you to pursue is a joyful heart in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you'll wear that Bible out. I actually forgot my preaching Bible. So I've got this. This is a young person's Bible right here because right? the print's about this big. This thing's rattled around in my truck, and, and it's a good backup. It's a good spare, you know, and, and the pages are they're a little bit dirty. You should have a, a stain right there where you're flipping around. Use your Bible in the pursuit of your joy. Use them. I, I pray that you'll use them and just absolutely wear them out. I got a, I got a, a study Bible when I graduated college from my aunt and uncle, and I'll tell you, that thing sat there on my end table for a long time in pristine condition. But finally, I got smart enough to begin to open it. I didn't get smart enough. I figured out I needed it. I was dumb enough. I needed the wisdom of the Bible. 
So I began to open it, and it changed my life. Anyway, use your Bible in the pursuit of your joy. So Jesus tells us, carefully cultivate a cheerful heart. That Bible is like a plow. It will break up fallow ground in your heart. It's like a harrow that will then take those clods and bust it in to find things. And it's like the seed that you plant. And it's like the rain that waters. And it's like the fertilizer that makes it grow. It is an amazing, life-changing tool in your pursuit of a happy heart. So Jesus encourages that for us. Carefully cultivate your heart. Hey, listen, the world is, is competing you're going to hear a lot of things in, in the next step that you take. All of these young ladies planning to go to college. It doesn't matter where you go to college in terms of this. You're going to hear things that are contrary to the faith. You're going to hear things that challenge you. You're going to be stumped by things that the preacher never talked about. You're going to be challenged, and you're going to face difficulty. And your knees are going to, your Christian knees are going to feel a little bit wobbly at times. But I would say this. I think too often when we're challenged in our faith, faith, here's what we do. Meh, must be no good answers. I never got them in Sunday school. I give up. <laughs> you know, open your Bible. There's a little index, a little glossary in the back to either go places to answer certain questions, ask questions, seek to grow in your faith because you will be challenged in it. Anyway, here's the second thing. Let's move on from that. The second thing, we're thinking about a cheerful heart, cultivating that. And in Jesus' words here that I read in John 16, here's what I see. A cheerful heart is not circumstantial. A cheerful heart doesn't come by the circumstances of the world, and it's really not impacted greatly by it. So Jesus, in his talk about pursuing cheerfulness of heart and a glad heart, a happy heart, he's not saying this, you know, pursue a happy heart, but then when the world goes to pot, just kind of give up. Right? Because it's not worth living. No, 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 no. He says this, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. So in other words, Jesus teaches that even in the midst of tribulations in life, you can actually be quite joyful, quite happy, quite at peace, and be glad. Even in the midst of tribulation. He, said, he, he tells the disciples, look, and, and I would say to you, and this is why I was joking about it's all downhill from here. Hey, listen, young people, you, now you're coming out a little bit from the shelter of your parents. Maybe not totally, but you are coming out from under their wings slowly. And some of the things your parents have shielded you from now will begin to fall on your shoulders, and they'll come to you. All right? You, you better start paying taxes. <laughs> When the insurance bill comes due, there's some of these things that are begin, going to begin to fall to you. And, uh, you, you know, you're going to face trials and tribulations. But listen, your joy, your peace, your happiness doesn't have to be dictated by the challenges that you face. I love if you're still in Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 15. Here's a great one. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Now, now, think about that for just a minute. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, when your heart is given over to despair and hopelessness, and you've let your circumstances dictate your heart, 
and the way you think, every day is going to seem bad. So when you've let your heart be afflicted, you are going to see the world through afflicted eyes. Another way to translate that afflicted is poverty or impoverished. Robbed of joy. Robbed of hope. Poverty really ultimately is not an economic issue totally. I'll tell you what it is. It's a hopelessness that that just gives up. And so there is an impoverishment of the soul that says, you know what, this world is terrible. I can't do anything. I can't make a difference. Listen, you can't change the world, but you can change things. And it starts by changing your heart. All right, so, so all the days of the afflicted are bad. But there's a way of living that he says is a cheerful heart, and it's going to be like a continual feast. So even when there is famine in the land, even when there is economic turbulence, even when there's a job loss, even when times are tough, with a cheerful heart, you know what? There's a continual feast. An old pastor uh, of mine used to say that something about uh, all this and Jesus too. He was talking about Christians who basically all the goods of life had been stripped back. And it was basically bread and water. But Christians with a cheerful heart could say all of this and Jesus too. I tell you, gladness and joy of heart in Jesus with a can of spray cheese and saltines. That says it's a continual feast. Ramen noodles in Jesus is a banquet. So there's a way of living. Yeah, yeah, college students know they're like ramen noodles. I've heard about that. You know, you buy those by the cases when you're a poor college student. But Jesus and ramen noodles, I tell you, you've got everything you need plus some. Plus some. So you will have to choose. And this is not just for graduates. I, you know, on these special days, we tend to focus in and pick on just three or four people. Or last week, we got to just pick on the ladies, right? It was Mother's Day. Uh, but let's all think about this and zoom out, not just graduates, because actually probably they're very full of hope and they're not jaded by much of the world yet. And maybe it's the parents and the grandparents. Maybe you find yourself here today and all this talk about cheerfulness and gladness and joy and peace seems a little bit like hogwash. Right, you're like I, I know better. You can choose. You can choose, and that's what Jesus says: be of good cheer. You have a choice: the way you will face life, and the way you will look at your circumstances. I was talking to a lady on the phone just the other day. I, I called her up, and, and uh, she had um, a son, and her husband, both in the hospital with, with huge medical issues. And just one after another, about a week, week apart, these things happened. And uh, just, I, I figured the weight of the world was on their shoulders. And some of the circumstances were really heavy. And I just said, you know, how are you doing? And I tell you, it was amazing to hear the strength and the hope and that lady's outlook. It's like, you know what? We'll get through this. You can't live your life in such a way that whenever anything difficult happens, your basic response is, why is the world falling in on me? And really, that's our choice. 
I want to live my life in such a way, but I, I mean, I'll admit, I, I don't always live that way. But I want to live my life in such a way that my heart is tethered and anchored and guarded and guided by gladness and joy. And that I can face the tribulations. Jesus is telling his disciples, by the way, honestly, I think when he says tribulations, I think primarily he has in mind for being a follower of Christ, you are going to face grave difficulties in this life. In fact, most of the disciples would lose their lives in just a few decades from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a, I tell you, that's a great encouragement too. It's a scary thing, but I could say that for our graduates. Hey, listen, high school students, maybe you're a worker or you're in a secular workplace. I'll tell you this. You will have trouble if you stand up for Jesus. If you hold to biblical morality, you will have trouble in this world. But it doesn't have to destroy you. In fact, it shouldn't. Because a cheerful heart is not circumstantial. The last thing in this passage is a cheerful heart is anchored by faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. That's the great three virtues. Jesus says, faith, hope, and love. And so here's what Jesus says in John 16:33. He says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of Christian cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension, in his promise to come back again, he has promised that he is making all things new. And if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are promised an eternal life with Jesus. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And so he says this, listen, you can be of good cheer in the midst of tribulations because I've overcome the world Death is not the end. All of this uh, tumult that we see in society, guess what? The Bible foresees all of that, tells us those kind of things are going to happen. You don't have to feel like God has somehow lost control. Uh, here's, a, here's a great theology lesson for you. God is in control. God is sovereign. The things of this world have not caught him by surprise. He is not anxious to watch the news tonight to see what's going on in Israel and with all, you know. God is in control. And Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. So be anchored by faith, by hope, by love. The last verse from Proverbs I want to tie in is Proverbs fifteen seventeen, and it says this, Better a dish of vegetables or herbs where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. Better a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. You know what that's saying? You can have all the goods of this world. You can have every culinary delight. You can accumulate wealth. You can go and do great things. But if you don't have love in your life, if you don't have people that love you and you don't love people, all of that stuff is meaningless and useless. He's saying better off having a sprig of parsley and a house full of love than a fat knox, than a T-bone steak with hatred. And that reminds me of Jesus' greatest teaching. Jesus boils down really all of life to this. 
the top two commands, what it's really all about in this life is what? You know. Love God. Love people. The greatest of all things is love. I'll tell you, if, if you would have gladness and joy and peace and happiness in your life, you know what you need to do? You need to get things settled with God and know that He loves you in an unfathomable way and receive that love. Realize that Jesus came and He died for your sins according to the Scripture. And He calls you to believe in Him and to lay aside the old way and to be born again, to be saved. Receive the love of God in Christ. And then what are you to do after that? Love people in the same way. Give out the love that you have received. I tell you, our lives would be a whole lot better. We would look a whole lot, lot more like Christ as Christians if we would get back to the simple things. If we would get that X put back on our map and pursue gladness and joy and love instead of chasing after the things of the world and living with hatred in our hearts and living in discord with others. Hey, one, one more thing. So I'll pick on the graduates one more time. Any of y'all going to live in a dorm? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe one. Maybe. You know, short of marriage, there's probably no greater test of love than a college dorm. <laughs> you will be stretched to the max in a college dorm. And it's hard to look like Jesus in a college dorm. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's tough. Bethany, love your roommate. Or are you going to get a private suite? <laughs> so, so, oh, oh man. So, so I assume the rest of you young ladies, you're going to be living at home. Is that right, Chloe? At home. Maggie's at home. Where, where, uh, Mackenzie? Where are you going to be? Going to be at home. Man, y'all get to express your love to the people you've been loving all along, and they've been loving you. <laughs> And it'll get harder right right now. Has it already gotten harder? You know, you're in a stage of transition. Let me let me say, let me quit picking on the graduates and pick on the parents and the siblings. Hey, their life is changing right now. So uh, love them through it. Love them during this. There's no more Christ-like thing that you can do than to love your family and love others. All right. Well, I've carried on long enough. Graduates, we uh, we love y'all, and kind of like John said with the with the sea otters, um, don't forget about your church. Don't forget about the things you have learned in this place and from your parents. Don't forget about the faith. That was what I was going to preach about today. Was from Colossians, where he says, you know, if you've been raised to life with Christ. If you've been seated with Christ, if you've been saved, he says, let's go ahead and do that sermon too. He says, keep your mind on things above, not on things below. And the encouragement there is this. Listen, your education has not ended, nor has your faith ended. So many times I think there's an expectation that when you hit 18, you're supposed to abandon the faith and just go the way of the world. (laughs) No. You're just now getting to the point where you're going to spread your wings and the Lord's going to use you if you will keep your mind and your heart on Him. So, 
keep looking to Christ. Let me pray, and John's going to come and do our closing announcements. Father, again, we pray for these graduates. I pray for their families. I pray for um, their education. I pray for the steps that they're taking right now that you would guide them. But, Lord, most of all, I pray for their hearts, that they would be guarded, they would be guided, they would be strengthened and nurtured and matured in their faith in these next places that they go. Lord, I pray that you would grip their hearts by the amazing love of God in Christ. And that you would use them in a profound way to be messengers of love and hope. That you would give them this kind of sturdy joy, this kind of indestructible peace and happiness of heart. And let them shine like beacons in a dark place, in a dark world, a world that is in need of love and hope. And I pray for everyone else that's here today, God, that you would strengthen us and put that X back on our map to help us hear Jesus calling us to a life of pursuing happiness in Christ, that we might be guided and anchored and girded by faith, hope, and love. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Graduates, those Bibles are uh, not just any Bible. Uh, it's a, a Maxwell uh, Leadership Study Bible, and it has uh, studies in it that you can do uh, each day by yourself or uh, with a group and the opportunity to, uh, to continue to learn and grow uh, in your faith. One of my favorite words is opportunity. And if you picked up a bulletin this morning, it's full of opportunities. <laughs> Um, just a few things I want to remind you of. We do have a business meeting uh, after uh, this morning, and I'll explain a little bit about that here in a second. Uh, also, this coming Wednesday night uh, finishes our Wander for the Year. It's awards night. It'll be in here, and it'll start 6.30 after uh, dinner, so uh, we are looking forward to that. Uh, also, on June 13th, uh, a new members class. If you are interested in joining the church or you want more information about our church, uh, that would be a great opportunity for you uh, to come to. Uh, we, we meet after Sunday morning on the 13th, and we do have a meal, and the sign-up sheet is in the foyer on the bulletin board, or you can see myself or Brother Sean, or you can uh, contact the, the church office if you are interested in that or have any questions, but looking forward to that. The ATV-UTV ride was rescheduled from a, a few weeks ago with the weather uh, to next week, uh, next Sunday from, I believe it's, what, uh, 2 to 5 p.m. Uh, with the change, we went ahead and put a new sign-up sheet out there, so if you signed up before, uh, we went ahead and changed it out because of the date change, and it was several weeks. So we put up a new sheet. Uh, so you may think you've, you've signed up for the previous one, but just check the sheet. And if not, and you're interested in that, uh, that is in the foyer. So we invite you to that. Uh, next week is our men's uh, prayer breakfast at 730 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, with the end of Awana coming up uh, this coming uh, week on the 19th, so on the 26th, our, our current 6th graders going into 7th grade on Wednesday nights can uh, come up to the youth group. And so we are doing something... Uh, with everything that's been going on this year, we've kind of shifted what we're doing, and, um, and so this uh, coming Wednesday, the 26th, a week from this Wednesday, current sixth graders can move up in there, and um, we are uh, going to be doing some different things, uh, a little bit out of the ordinary, so I invite you all to that. And because Awana is coming to an end, Summer Stars will start up uh, in uh, June. Uh, we uh, take two weeks off after Awana, 
Uh, so that'll be the 26th and the 2nd uh, with no children's program. And then Summer Stars will start on June 9th. And uh, typically my wife and Melanie head that up, and Elle's helped in the past. <laughs> and so uh, if you're interested in helping, maybe just for a week or two, uh, typically it's outside and we have different activities that we do on Wednesday nights. And, uh, and if you'd be willing to help, maybe a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, uh, my wife and I think Melanie really uh, appreciate that uh, as well. And you can see either one of them, you can see myself uh, as well. And then we're still looking for a few volunteers in our preschool and our children's ministry to kind of get that uh, up and going uh, as well. And then last but not least, this wasn't in the bulletin. The bulletin's full of stuff. Uh, but Vacation Bible School is coming up almost in two months. And so the sign-up sheets uh, are on the foyer for the different areas that we are uh, looking for our help. And so uh, you can look through that. If you have any questions, uh, you can ask me about that. We're looking uh, to have Vacation Bible School at the end of July. And uh, which is not typically for us, but with everything that's been going on in youth camp and having to just rearrange the schedule quite a bit um, and talking to our, our core leaders, that's where we have kind of landed. And so it is a hiking theme this year, uh, Sun, Sunrise National Park. And so we are uh, excited to be able to do that uh, this summer. I think that's all uh, the announcements uh, that I have, a lot going on and coming up. And uh, I invite you to be a part of what we're doing here uh, at First Baptist Valley. If, if you would, stand up with me, and we will dismiss in prayer. Uh, I said earlier, we will have a business meeting. So uh, after, uh, after dismiss in prayer, the uh, business meeting packets are up here, and then uh, we are uh, looking to vote on a, uh, a church sign. And so I do have a, a ballot that I'll hand to each of you uh, with that. So um, I just invite you to come up here and get that. And so uh, hopefully we can get the business meeting started uh, sooner than later, as we do have baccalaureate and families need to go and do. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, uh, just uh, what a reminder it is of your love, your grace, and your mercy uh, that you have given to us, Lord, as we go out today, uh, that we have the joy and the hope uh, and to know that you are our Savior, our God, and your desire to have a relationship with us, Lord. And uh, as we continue to celebrate our graduates today uh, and the opportunity to bestow the love and the grace and the mercy uh, not only to them and their families, uh, but to those around us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.